Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined on the phone by Jeff Howie, market strategist from the SGX, because JP Ong is going to be on leave for the next two weeks. Now, he says he's going to visit family, Jeff, but I suspect there's going to be more surfing than family in that mix. <laughs> Some family, you know, when he needs to recover from sunburn or something, but otherwise... No, no, actually, that was the first thing. um, I've I've already uh, had a text from JP since landing, and he actually said he's met his... Uh, one-year-old nephew for the very first time. So, so yeah, credit to him. Family, family, family it was. Family it was. And now off to the beach. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now the markets actually look pretty good today. The SDI started in the green. It's just, just as I said, that slipped into the red. Down 0.03% to 3,281 points. Now, let's look at the rest of the region. Japan's Nikkei is up by 0.7%. South Korea's Kospi down by 1.3%. Hong Kong's Hang Seng is also down by 0.7%. The Shanghai Composite Index is up by 0.5%. So let's just say it's a mixed bag on this Monday afternoon. Yeah, it's definitely mixed, uh, Clarissa. If you, if you look at the range of performances, uh, the CSI 300 is at the top there, up nine-tenths of a percent. And then uh, on the downside, on the other side of the coin, the Korea Kospi is the region's uh, biggest laggard. That's down 1.4%. And as you say, we're right there in the middle on the wire. But uh, we have had a pretty strong morning uh, in the earlier part of it. We actually made a 20-month high this morning on the STI. So on Friday, we surpassed the 2021 high, and then uh, in this morning session today, we've already surpassed the 2020 high. So that 2020 high, I think, was 3283.9, and we made a session high this morning of 3297.8. So as you said, that's a that's a 21 high going back to the 1st of August of 2019 when the STI was last at 3311.3. So it also places the STI up around 5% since the end of last year, and that's also within 4% of the April 2019 uh, high of 34.15 and within 10% of that May 2018 high as well. But on the uh, the other side as well, we're up now close to 50% from that 2208 low back in March 2020. So it's like we kind of talked about quite a bit on Friday. Bank stocks really have been the key driver of the gains, um, and that's placed the STI alongside the S&P, CNX, Nifty 50 as Asia-Pacific's strongest stock markets uh, since the end of last year. So these bank stocks, they have led the global stock market in early January, 10% gains across the world, and the past 10 sessions have also seen DBS, OCBC and UOB average 10% gains on close to $580 million of net inflow. So this morning, UOB is the most traded stock on the exchange. It's trading at $30.09, up five-tenths of a percent. DBS is at $35.94, which is up two-tenths of a percent. OCBC down two-tenths of a percent at $12.30. So that's really driving the STI. But aside from that, a pretty important aspect of our market that has been in focus today is, of course, the China uh, China side of our market because we had a really big morning for China data this morning. 
Right. You're talking about China's economy growing by 8.1% in 2021. Yeah, that was good news for them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the growth did take a little bit of a uh, fall in the last quarter of the year on the back of, I guess, less consumer spending. Uh, And because of that, we also saw the People's Bank of China uh, cut their uh, interest rates, the the interest rates in their one-year medium-term lending facility to some financial institutions by around 10 basis points. So that's that's also um, there to, to help out a little because we also had uh, the NBS head, uh, you know, the National Bureau of Statistics head talk this morning and he noted that while China did see that steady recovery in growth last year of 8.1%, the domestic economy was under triple pressure. That was demand contractions, supply shocks and weakening expectations. So uh, a little bit, bit of uh, monetary policy uh, support there for growth in the earlier part of the year. Um, our FTSE ST China index, it's it's flat this morning, but it's not a it's not a st- an index that's completely made out of China plays per se. It's more comprised of of companies that have to uh, report either half their revenue or base half their assets in the mainland China. So it's, it tends to be a little bit uh, not so much a proxy for the China index, but more a little bit of a uh, benchmark for the Singapore-listed companies that have uh, majority exposure to China. Now, that index is flat this morning. The year-to-date gains are around 3.5%, following a 7% gain last year. But nonetheless, the the, uh, the stronger of those stocks so far this year have been Jardine Matheson, Hutchison Port Holdings, Wilmar, Yan, Lord Land, China Everbright Water, as well as Aztec Global. And then on the other side, uh, the least performer has been the Place Holdings, which uh, did make a pretty strong return last year of 142%, but is set so far down 30%. But that's that's obviously been a key focus with those numbers out in China this morning, and of course the NBS head speaking. Um, but in Singapore as well, we've, 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 we've had uh, a couple of good results, uh, particularly on the trade front. Our Nordics numbers really did actually look pretty good. Um, yeah, can't complain. They, yeah, they are. So, so the the Nordics it rose eighteen percent year on year in December, and the expectations were for a thirteen percent year on year growth. It is slower than November. That record number in November, when I think the the trade uh, surged something like twenty four percent year on year. Importantly, month on month, it was up four percent, and for the year. The Anodex growth is now around 12% for the whole of 2021. So that's the fastest growth rate since that rebound we saw to our trade numbers back in 2010. For 2022, um, Singapore, uh, it, it's, it's, it's Nodex, of course, has been resilient somewhat, like as we saw last year. But for 2022, you've got to remember we're going to have a high base now because of that really strong trade growth. So... At the moment, uh, Nordex is expected to grow a lot more modestly uh, next year because, of course, the really high base that we've got this year. And we, we're seeing that a, a little bit as well in terms of uh, the stock market, and you expect that because when you look into the drivers of the Nordex numbers, you've got integrated circuits, I think, up 18%. You've got PCs up something like 33%, I think it was, last month, and then disk media products up 12%. So electronics, particularly computer-related uh, and technology have really been contributing a lot to Nodex. And what we've seen in, as well in the global semiconductor stocks is these stocks take a little bit of a breather in the year, year to date. In fact, global 
semiconductor stocks have actually begun the year in the red with single-digit percentage losses. But And you look into our, our key plays, they've also averaged, uh, a majority of them have averaged negative returns. So when you look at AEM, UMS, Franken, ISDN and GVT, the six stocks have averaged 3% decline over the past 10.5 sessions. But again, that's based on a really high base, just like the economic numbers. So AEM, UMS, Franken and ISDN, they averaged 60% gains last year. And then, of course, you've got Grand Venture Technology GVT mounting its 260% return last year. So uh, you've got that basing effect also extending to the stock market just when you basically make those year-on-year comparisons. Uh, Nonetheless, AEM, it, it does maintain an above-average retail trading participation rate on a day-to-day basis. It has ranked as a top 20 stock by turnover so far this month. I think that's higher than where it ranked last year. For the whole of last year, it was among the top 30. And it has actually seen retail return to that stock as net buyers in early 2021. So... Uh, if, if I, do you want me to kind of explain how that works? Or again, yes. A bit? Yeah, yeah. So back on back on the 10th of November, AEM, it, it made this upward revision to its full year 21 revenue guidance, which was higher than what it had previously stated um, back when it reported its first half results in the, in the middle of the year. So it, that sure saw the share price rally from around $4.19 on the 10th of November to an all-time high of $5.35 on the 14th December. And we saw net retail selling, net retail, uh, retail net outflows totaling $110 million from the 11th of November, from, that, um, from the time of that upward revision to its revenue guidance, right through to that high on the 14th of December. The, the volume-weighted price was pretty high, around $4.90, which was 23% above the price for AM all the way through 2021, right through to the 10th of November. Now, since the 14th of November, since that all-time high, uh, retail have returned as net buyers of AEM, net buying around $4 million worth of the stock from 15 December through to the 31st of December, and then net buying another $23 million of the stock through to uh, the Friday close. So um, you can see uh, that, that fall in the share price, it, it has attracted some, uh, some, some net retail inflows. It also announced the company back on the 11th of January, it expects uh, its full year 22 revenue, that's this year, this coming year, to be between $670 million to $720 million, and also noted some margin compression on the higher supply chain costs and an increase in the R&D spend that it has um, as it continues to uh, broaden its customer uh, its customer base. So, um, so, so quite a lot still happening. So as I said, even though the stock's co- prices come off a little bit, it comes off a really high base performance last year. And then these, a number of these tech stocks are seeing increased participation. I should also mention Grand Venture Technology. It's moved into the top 20 stocks by turnover so far this year after ranking among the top 130 last year. So... So that's an in, that's one interesting part, another interesting part of our aspect, I should say, the tech stocks. But there's also interesting, sort of interesting moves happening in the REIT market and the energy market as well. Um, I, th- I think I should mention the energy market because I know JP always likes to uh, re- visit the price of crude oil when he mm-hmm. when he mm-hmm. runs a wrap. And and look, Brent crude is up uh, around a dollar from where we ended the Asia week last week. So that takes its move up from around $78 a barrel at the end of last year up to $86 a barrel uh, today. And at the same time, we've seen our two key uh, oil and gas explorer and producer plays 
Rex International, that's up 13% in early January. RH Petrogas is up as well around 19%. And we, we did see a report on Friday that China's annual crude oil imports, they said something like 5% in 2021, which was the first drop in 20 years. However, the Reuters report did qualify. That was because the China refiners and the traders, they did draw down their inventories amid those higher prices last year. And there was slower growth in fuel demand after this massive stockpiling drive back in 2020. So that, those two stocks, Rex International and RH Petrogas, they are both top 50 stocks by turnover in the early year so far this year. And uh, Rex International, I should mention, has also submitted a proposal to transfer its listing from the Catalyst Board to the main board as the company continues to look to increase its production and reserves in its three operating areas, which are Oman, Norway and Malaysia. All right. Now, one of the things that you also did bring up was property. And um, one of the questions that a lot of uh, investors are going to have is with all the cooling measures, etc., and what looks like those property managers looking abroad, um, are, are we going to see more volatility in the breed space in, in the property place? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a very important sector. We saw home sales did decline um, in December as those property curves were introduced, as it was reported earlier this morning from uh, the Urban Redevelopment uh, Authority, those, those monthly figures which were released um, earlier this morning. But it's, it's interesting too, it is a mixed bag um, based on all these uh, property stocks that we have listed on the exchange in terms of what type of property business they're in, where they're at in terms of their development and their management, and also, of course, where in the world they're facing. So, so far, as we said, the, 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 the upward structural shift of the yield curve, it has benefited with banks. Now, the long end of the yield curve, because it's an upward structural shift, has gone up as well, around 25 basis points so far this year, to around 1.8% this morning. So that has seen the global REIT market actually decline 5%, because... Uh, one of the attractions of REITs is the yield of the REIT over the U.S. 10-year yield. And obviously, with U.S. 10-year yields moving up, it compresses that premium that REITs do maintain to the government bonds. So likewise, with global REITs, the IHS REIT index, it has begun the year in the red with a 3% decline. Maple Tree Commercial Trust, Keppel DC REIT and Maple Tree Logistics Trust have led those decliners. But bucking that global trend... With those global REITs down 5%, we have CDL Hospitality Trusts, Elite Commercial REIT, Suntech REIT, Sabana Industrial REIT, uh, RAUS Hospitality REIT, Ascot Residence Trust, Keppel REIT and Cromwell REIT as well, all generating gains over the past 10 and a half sessions. Albeit marginal gains, the average of those, those REITs is around a 1.3% gain, but uh, we are going to get a lot more insight towards the end of the month uh, in terms of outlooks. For the year ahead, Clarissa, you've got Ascot Residence Trust and CDL Hospitality Trust, as we said, so far in the green for 2022. Both will report their full year 21 results uh, before the open, not this Friday, but the following Friday, 28th of January. All right. Now, this Wednesday, we're going to have one of your colleagues uh, come on board and uh, try to give us a better understanding of SPACs, because that is what everybody's interested in right now. Absolutely. Very new to this part of the world. And, uh, and Amelia will be on there to remind investors of the risks, go through the structures, talk about our SPAC framework and what's ahead in the next couple of weeks. I'll, uh, I'll definitely be listening. All righty. Thanks for that. This has been Markets View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero on the phone with Jeff Howie, market strategist.
from the SGX who will be back to wrap the week with us on Friday. Stay with Singapore's most influential radio station. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.